1: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on milehighsports.com. Listen on Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3 FM in Denver. I'm Andrew Mason, Eric Goodman, enjoying a day of golf down in Scottsdale. Filling in for him from Fox 31 and Channel 2 is Aaron Anderson. What percentage of your work is on 31 and 2? Is it about 50-50?
2: Great question. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say... About 100% of my work is. Okay. Uh, all of my outdoor stories that, that I've been mm-hmm. doing run on, on both yeah. channels. However, okay, cool. when I do fill in and, and help out the guys with uh, some Broncos coverage, that would only be Fox 31 specific.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. I was interested to kind of see how that goes. And if you want to join our conversation, the Rocky Mountain Forest products Twitter feed, he's at Arran Anderson, A-R-R-A-N, Anderson ends with an E-N. I am at Mace Denver, M A S C D E N V E R. You know what? Actually, sometimes I have to spell that out because some people think it's mace, like a medieval mace or something, or, or something like, or, or spraying mace or something. <laughs> I was just like going to
2: ask you, what's it like having uh, some normal names where you don't have to worry <laughs> about people at least mispronouncing them?
1: That's I, I haven't given that any thought. <laughs> I
2: mean, just imagine what I went through every day. It was a first day of school, or even ordering a pizza, man. You've got it easy. Oh well,
1: I I did have a. Uh, I did have a gym teacher when I was in middle school who insisted on pronouncing my name Manson when he called the role rather than Mason. Good grief. And so all the kids like, oh, Charles Manson, Manson family. Aha. Like they were funny. Like, geez.
2: Thanks, Mr. P.E. teacher.
1: Yeah. Fortunately, I got my schedule changed because I had a snafu. I was supposed to be in a journalism class. Hey, of start, in high school? In middle school. In middle start, school. Starting young, doing the school paper, right? And mm-hmm. uh, they messed that up, and somehow I end up in typing class when I already knew how to type. Bingo. Yeah, and so because of that, they had to change my entire schedule like five days into, this, into the year. So I didn't have Mr., I'm going to call you Charles Manson because I think it's funny, gym teacher. Wow. Yeah.
2: I've never heard of a gym teacher calling a kid, you know, associating him with a serial killer. I mean in in the me too age it seems like that might be able to, you might have a grounds to get somebody ousted. Maybe. Quickly.
1: Nin- 1988 we just kind of had to let it slide though, right? We had to
2: just grin and bear it. There was <sighs> it was a lot tougher back then,
1: Mace. Yeah, yeah, we were. Time now for the lead.
2: The lead is presented by Smoke and
0: Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park.
1: You know, the Broncos are a better team than they were last year. I think unequivocally we, we can say that, right? The record says it. Their offense doesn't turn the ball over the way it did last year. I think in terms of on a per-possession basis, the Broncos have gone from 32nd to 4th in giveaways. Mm-hmm. And uh, their defense has played better in spurts. It's a better team than it was last year. But to be certain, the schedule has helped. And in particular, we talked about earlier, you said maybe this was not the right year to go to the 17th game because of everything happening with COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, the 17th game is having a huge impact because for every team, the 17th game was an extra game against a team from the opposite conference, a team that was also in the same spot as you were. So a first place team got another first place team. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, the Chiefs got a game against the Packers as their 17th game. And the Packers obviously had to go to Kansas City. The Broncos' 17th game, was last week against Detroit. Mm. An underhand, an undermanned, shorthanded team, and it was exactly what it should have been. The Broncos pounded them. But the team they're facing, Cincinnati, on Sunday, they had their 17th game last week as well. It was San Francisco, which if the playoffs started today, they'd be in. Mm-hmm. And they end up losing in overtime. So when you think about that, a clear... Difference in the quality of opponent that you got for the 17th game. And by the way, both the Broncos and Bengals were fourth place teams last year. Mm -hmm. So the Bengals really got a little bit of bad luck getting the 49ers rather than the Lions. With that, plus the fact that on the Broncos' schedule overall, they, they played four of the six teams that are four and nine or worse right now. How much has the schedule made the Broncos' playoff contention possible?
2: Are we really going to try to qualify things here, Mace? I mean, a little bit. Yes, I, 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 you, here, can't, you can't ignore this. And I, I hate to answer a question with a question.
1: Well, that's okay. You can I, do it's, that. It's here. called
2: conversational transference. We can go into the meaning later.
1: But did you, did you learn about that in the uh, in a college communication course because I I remember seeing that term in a textbook.
2: I think it was actually was, something that mm-hmm. uh, was discussed as uh, Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone. Ah. were driving from her her little lair on the coast in basic instinct as they were going back to... um, It really takes me back. I I believe they were going back to San Francisco so she could be uh, interrogated for what what was her potential role in a murder yes um no so the question i would throw at you is this Mm -hmm. in 20 years when somebody looks at the broncos record they say oh my how did the broncos do in the last 10 years 15 years whatever it is and they look at you know the 2021 2022 season are is there going to be an asterisk there that's going to say the broncos had one of the the worst you know easiest schedules my my hunch Mm. is no there is not um, I
1: have yet to see one of those. I, I
2: think we could go through a nitpick and say, my gosh, the first three games were a gift. Detroit was an incredibly lucky uh, event for them in lieu of the factors that, A, this is a historically bad franchise, and B, they were beset by injuries and COVID and everything else. And
1: C, they just won. That's true. <laughs> so, all, so they, they were brimming with confidence. Well, they were brimming with confidence, but there's a long history of teams that when they get their first win after losing eight or more. They exhale. Yes, and and then the next game they get drummed. That's happened far more often than not for teams like the Lions. I
2: I think it's – look, we we could sit here and split hairs and say, well, I mean, gosh, team for team, who's had uh, quality wins? I think if there's one thing – you know, we learned from from John Fox, who was a cliche Rolodex, is that <laughs> I still use the cliches.
1: Too. Well, I tell you what's funny about yeah.
2: John Fox is every now and then a coach will come up with a cliche, and you'll you're you're kind of disappointed because they didn't register on the scale that John Foxes did. Oh yeah, because he had something for everything, and ultimately, what I was left with uh oftentimes was gosh he said a lot without saying anything yes. right that was mm-hmm. that was really the talent that he had he was gifted give- he was
1: gifted at that
2: he would always talk about hey those guys get paid too yes. and you know at the end of the day wins are tough to come by from this mm-hmm. in this league and you take what you can get and if the schedule maker uh, happens to dull you out a schedule that includes the lions i don't think there's any team that would say you know what um ah, we'd like somebody else mm-hmm. you take it and you know the bottom line. This team you know, may have had the benefit of an easy schedule, but I think you hit it on the head uh, as we were you know leading up to this. Uh, this is a better football team than the one we've seen the last few years. There's there's no doubt in my my mind about it. And I think if you stacked the schedule, this team against the schedule from last year, they would perform better. And you know you can only play who's in front of you. Yeah, they didn't have a choice as to who was going to be dolled out. Right.
1: Yeah, they didn't. But should this team, with basically, I wouldn't call them, I hate to call it this, but kind of the free spaces on the board, that they they and they took care of them. They took they took advantage of that. But does that make does does that make things interesting in terms of how George Payton evaluates big fanship? Because let's say they're sitting at nine eight at the end of the year. Sure. But for the wins, were over the Giants, the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Lions. Does, do you think that comes into play when he's making a call on Vic Fangio? Uh,
2: I, I, my, my personal gut is that uh, Peyton's going to look at the overall you know, big picture, which is, is this team moving in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Are, are we seeing uh, tangible gains, offense, defense? I, I won't even say special teams because that's been a lost cause. But uh, I think what he's going to look at mm-hmm. is, is more or less where this team is, is moving. And look, I think you and I can sit here and we can talk about strength of schedule and, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not, you know, they got a lucky break and, and, you know, unfortunately for the Bengals, they had to play the 49ers and, and who knows, maybe that is the difference between playing in the postseason tournament and staying home but at the end of the day I, I just I would have a hard time believing that mm-hmm. Vic Fangio's job is is yeah. resting on you know whether or not the strength of schedule is up to par
1: and I think get the nail on the head it's going to be kind of what their form is you know in terms of are they getting better mm-hmm. and if they're nine and eight and that means they've closed two they closed two and two or you know basically three and three five hundred. That might make that that might end up making the call yeah. right there. Right. More on Broncos Bengals on the, on the other side. Other than the quarterback, which is obvious, which offensive players need to have the biggest games on Sunday if the mm. Broncos are to get a big win that they desperately need? We're gonna get it on. We'll get into that on the other side. Mile High Sports Radio, MileHighSports.com. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Aaron Anderson in for Eric Goodman. I'm Andrew Mason. Stay tuned, playing, to come here on Mile High Sports.
0: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew.
1: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason, Watch us on milehighsports.com. Listen on Mile High Sports Radio, 107.5 HD 3FM, 98.1 FM here in the Mile High City. If you want to join the conversation, I'm at Mace Denver at at, at M A S C Denver on Twitter, as on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. My co-host for today, Aaron Anderson of Fox 31 and Channel 2. He is at Aaron Anderson, A R R A N A N D E R S E N on Twitter. Mm, of course, Aaron. Hey, I'm, I'm getting better at this this radio thing. The more I do it. Of course, Eric Goodman playing golf today. That's why you hear the dulcet, smooth tones of. Fox 31's in Anderson today.
2: Well, I'm happy to to contribute Sultry Sounds today. It is Friday.
1: Yeah, it is Friday. It's getting dark. You know, maybe we turn on the lights in here, get a little mood lighting for those Sultry Sounds.
2: Well, I watched a lot of Don Cornelius and Soul Train <laughs> growing up, so yeah, we had like a disco ball us, or something. That, who among let's us do didn't
1: it. back in the 70s and 80s, that right? That was
2: on uh, Saturday mornings. Yes. And what was actually cool, and, and I know there's people probably listening going, what the heck is Soul
1: Train? Uh, you basically it's, have to be above the age of 45. Soul really Train, here's another is.
2: name they won't recognize, which is Dick Clark, who had American Bandstand, uh-huh. where you would actually see artists perform for the first time. I remember seeing Prince perform on Soul Train. Mm-hmm. Um, Millie Vanilli one time performed on... I mean, these were like, you know, when we grew up, if yes. you didn't have MTV, which this was I big. didn't. That was uh, critical that you had a, a chance to, to have access to some of these voices and, and songwriters growing up. They
1: were lip syncing at their very best. They sure when were. When they were <laughs> on Soul Train. Rob and, and By the
2: way, American I will tell Bandstand. you that, and we all used to watch the Behind the Musics, right, on, yes. on VH1. Yes, oh, I love those. That was one of the best Behind the Musics ever was the Milli Vanilli story about these oh, yeah. two guys who were kind of conned in the whole scheme of things and ended up uh, kind of left out. Hung out to dry.
1: Train wrecks are worth watching for a reason, right?
2: Well, the, the greatest thing about those, they were like our episodes, would be like, oh, and Aerosmith was doing great until Steven Tyler discovered heroin. More <laughs> after the break. <laughs> right? You remember that stuff. I love that stuff. There's,
1: all, like, there's always some, there, there's drugs involved. There's, a, you know, there's-, a, there's Women. A, yeah. There's a car bad accident Bad relationship, or something. accident, whatever. Plane crash. But then by the end- the the clouds have parted. They've That's got a right. new album coming out. Or they're you know, they're touring. They're doing you know, they're doing the nostalgia circuit. Exactly. The band they've broken up, they're back together, <laughs> right. everybody's getting along and appreciating each other. <laughs> what they're all happy. Been yes. It and was it- very it was very formulaic, but it was good good television. I agree. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain
0: Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com.
1: All right. It's worth mentioning Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. when he's above his season-long passer rating of 96.5. The Broncos are 7-0 when he's below that their own 6. So... Let's start there. The the most important player for the Broncos offense, as ever, as expected, as always, it's the quarterback, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Mm -hmm. But beyond him on the offensive side, which Broncos offensive player needs to be at his potential, play the biggest game, if they are to pull off this win?
2: I need to borrow your mind, your expertise, Mace. Oh, oh, okay. I'm looking at the depth chart, and the guy who jumps out right away is Javante Williams. I know he appeared on the injury list.
1: He's going to play.
2: Is is he dinged up? Are we going to see him limping? Uh, is he going to be effective?
1: He was not limping today when okay. he was out there in drills. It was mostly precautionary. He's going to be listed as question questionable officially, but mm-hmm. big Fangio said he expects him to play. The beauty thing, the beautiful part about the Broncos' running back situation, though, is that Javante, if he's not a hundred percent, he doesn't have to do what Joe Mixon does. Mm. He doesn't have to touch the ball twenty times. Yeah, that's good because you have Melvin Gordon.
2: I like where we're going with this, but I think the guy that I I look at is Tim Patrick. Okay. And, uh, you know, I I think what we're going to see from the Bengals is, you know, putting an extra guy in the box and saying, Teddy, we know that you're a guy who, you know, is kind of a middle-of-the-road quarterback. We're going to force you to be the man. We're going to force you to beat us with your arm. Mm -hmm. And that said, I think that Teddy's going to need – like Linus had the safety blanket, right? Yes. The, the blanket that made him feel secure. I think Teddy needs that guy, and I think Tim Patrick could be that guy. We've seen big things out of him. That's why he's been mm-hmm. rewarded with this contract. We know Corton Sutton recently was paid as well. I, I think that Tim is going to earn his money on Sunday. I think he's going to be a, a real force.
1: Since Tim Patrick got that contract, by the way, and it's it's a point of frustration, I think, internally for the Broncos. Five catches, for. Mm. 54 yards. True. Or 50, or my bad, 56, or or actually, yeah, 56 yards. Pardon me. I did the wrong math. Mm-hmm. And it's not a frustration with Tim Patrick. It's a frustration with the trigger man a little bit. Cortland Sutton, since he got his contract, also only five catches, an even lower yardage figure, only 41 yards. Mm-hmm. So think about that for a moment. Three games two guys who just get paid, they've had 10 receptions, and in those three games combined, they have not even combined for 100 yards between them since getting their deals, and I don't think it's their fault.
2: I think it's a head-scratcher as to why Pat Shermer would not want to get those guys involved based on the fact that you've just invested in them. Yep. I mean, you're not going to offer people you know, contracts unless you, you feel as though they can be contributors, not this... Just this season, but, but moving forward. So I, I'm with you where, man, you look at the last couple box scores and you're like, wait a minute, were these guys even on the field? Why weren't they being used? My hope is that we're going to see more of them on Sunday. And, and I got to believe if this team's going to have a chance to win, they do have to be part of this game plan.
1: I mean, you look at two receivers who, let's start with Tim Patrick, last three games, he's played 81, 87, and 76% of the snaps. Courtland Sutton, the last three games, he's played 73, 88, and 87% of the snaps. They're getting out there. They're blocking. Mm-hmm. They're not getting, they're not doing what they're getting paid to do. Now, I do think some of this is just they have a formula here with a quarterback they have in Teddy Bridgewater. And you're trying to kind of baby this thing through. Mm-hmm. But it's part of the reason why I expect you're going to see a different quarterback next year, whether it is a, whether it is a veteran like a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers, or if they go kind of that next tier, maybe a Matt Ryan from Atlanta, mm-hmm. or it's another it's another bridge quarterback to a young quarterback to a young quarterback. Bridgewater's strengths are not vert, are not the vertical game, and for Cortland Sutton in particular, he's a nine ball guy. And so you have a quarterback whose, whose strengths do not mesh with Cortland Sutton, yet Cortland Sutton has secured the bag on his contract. I think that tells you what the Broncos are thinking long term yeah. in terms of their quarterback plan. Which is,
2: we want all our ducks in a row. Yeah. Which is, whoever they trot in, it'll be, look, we've got... Your tight end's nailed down. We've got one of the best running back tantrums in football. We've got mm-hmm. people who can take care of that. And we have receivers ready to go.
1: And improving offensive line, too. Absolutely.
2: So, you know, ultimately, I think we all knew when these signings occurred that these were really going to be moves that were going to hopefully attract a Rodgers or, or a Russell mm-hmm. Wilson to come to town. I mean, it, it kind of, you know, we could go back, Mace, and say, hey, you know, the, kind of the, the same players are, are more or less in place very similar to what Peyton Manning looked at. When yeah. he was on his little free agent tour and he looked around and he thought, gosh, this Demarius Thomas is intriguing. I like Eric Decker. And, oh, by the way, they had a Julius Thomas who was kind of an untapped talent and lo and behold became a, a Pro Bowl player in the blink of an eye. So, I look, th- this has happened before where quarterbacks, as they look across the NFL landscape, they're looking not only – for the, the 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 total package, right, they're looking for these pieces they need to be successful. The
1: thing you hear internally around the league most often uh, from personnel people, et cetera, teams, the Broncos are a quarterback away. And I do think that people like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson will see that when they kind of take a gander at this. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Peyton Manning and when he came in. That's a great example because it wasn't just Demarius Thomas. You mentioned Julius Thomas. They had Eric Decker who's mm-hmm. playing well. They had they had a, a pro bowler at left tackle on Ryan Clady back then. Yep. And then they had running backs shored up because they had Willis McGahee coming off a big season that he had in 2011 going into 2012. Mm-hmm. Really the only thing, that they they bolstered the tight end depth a little bit with Joel Dreeson and Jacob Tammy. That's right. And then they brought in Peyton Manning's security blanket. I was
2: going to say, Hillman was was drafted
1: he was that drafted. year as well. He yeah. was. And they brought in Peyton Manning's security blanket, Brandon Stokely, to be the slot guy for a year. Mm-hmm. But the big pieces were in place, and basically it was just plug Peyton in and go to work. And that's, I mean, a, as cool as this is for the Broncos, being back in the playoff hunt after five years out, basically, mm. it very much feels like this is a precursor to something bigger, even though... It's going to take at least one more move at quarterback to get them to that bigger.
2: Well, uh, yeah, I got the feeling that the the chips were being pushed in when they traded Von Miller, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, in in terms of you know trading the face of a franchise, could this have worked out any better for George Payton? I mean, hey, listen, Broncos country, we're giving him a chance to go after a ring. Mm -hmm. He's he's been a great soldier for us. you know where we are. Yeah, this is our rebuilding opportunity. And guess what? They would not have gotten anything in return. Certainly not the bounty that they did for shipping them off to L.A. And all these little pieces, all these draft picks that we're stacking up, are going to be used as currency when it comes to reeling in that big fish.
1: And it doesn't it doesn't hurt that Von Miller, since he went to L.A., no sacks, one quarterback hit that trade is looking better and better and better. Coming up on the other side, we're going to get into the other games around the AFC that mean something for the Broncos and their playoff odds. One of those games was scheduled for tomorrow. It's been postponed. That's Raiders-Browns. But you're going to want to have your eye on Patriots-Colts tomorrow night and plenty of other games on Sunday. We'll tell you why and what to expect on the other side. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Arn Anderson of Fox 31 and Channel 2 filling in for Eric Goodman. Andrew Mason here. Watch us on MileHighSports.com. Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3 FM.
3: Old, the legends and the myths achilles and his gold achilles and his gifts
0: afternoon drive with goodman and mason presented by silter har mazda a no pressure buying experience in broomfield at silter har mazda find them at STHMazda.com. live from the sasquatch casino and wildcard casino sports desk here's eric and andrew
1: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on Milehighsports.com. Listen, of course, on Mile High Sports Radio 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD 3 FM in Denver. Eric Goodman on on assignment. Well, he's playing golf. I guess like the honest assignment. That's not
2: an assignment. That's a privilege. It's
1: it's the older Brown term. He would always say if you're if your co-host wasn't there, you're on it. He's on assignment. Of course, of course he is. Yes. Yeah, so he's out. Aaron Anderson of Fox 31 Channel 2 in here in the studio, filling the seat very well, I might add.
2: Man, great to be here. Thanks so much for allowing me to sit down with you for a couple hours.
1: Oh, my! it's a pleasure having you. We were talking during the break real quick about how you know the last couple of years, obviously, we in the media have lost locker room access mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, who knows if we're ever going to get it back at this point, the way things are trending.
2: Well, and, and you know, I'm sure there's folks at home going, well, Big deal. Exactly.
1: It's a why is it deal. a big deal? Tell tell everybody.
2: I'll tell you why it's a big deal because relationships with players, with uh, front office folks, with coaches are made mm-hmm. in in the locker room, and you know those stories, those insights that we have all taken for granted over the years, th- those aren't as fruitful any longer. And you know, from my perspective, gosh, I was able to years ago. I, I had a, uh, a responsibility, which was to do stories with players away from football. Mm-hmm. These guys would enter, would allow me to enter their homes and meet their families. That's never going to happen because no one knows you, Andrew. Yeah, not not on that level where you know you look at the guy and he says, "Hey, I trust you. Why don't you come over?" You know, th- those little scoops, those insights, th- those little tidbits that uh, your favorite media personalities, mm-hmm. whether it be print, TV, radio, whatnot. Those aren't as easy to come by, and it's because the, the locker room is no longer available.
1: The thing that I used to love doing when the Broncos covering the Broncos, when they would sign someone new to the roster, the practice squad, I'd always just kind of say hello, talk to them, and find you know kind of find out there was a story there, you know. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, you do a story on somebody who's kind of on the fringe of the roster, or they or they're in, they have a big day in training camp, and you do a spotlight on them. Sure. And sometimes it's the first big story they've had written about them as a pro. And they remember that, and a lot. And I think back, like how many good relationships I was able to build over the years by kind of, you know, starting off with that little spotlight thing when no one was paying attention to them, and Absolutely. they they, they end up blossoming into a, a big time player, and then that's and then so many other great stories follow beyond that. And, and you can go. And the other thing is, you can go in the locker room and you can ask a guy, uh, oh, you know, about a certain thing that maybe isn't appropriate to ask in a press conference. Mm-hmm. You can get con- context on things. Um. Or
2: yeah. you can beat people to the punch. Yeah. I mean, within the context of a press conference, guess what? Your competition is listening. They know where, where your angle Everything is. Everything is out there. That's I know. right. You... But, but if you pulled somebody aside, I mean, one of my favorite stories was I yeah. did a, a piece with Derek Wolf, who happened to live in my apartment complex his oh, wow. rookie year. Yeah. And he allowed me to come into his house, and we did this fun story. Well... What I gained through that experience was trust yeah and we remember he had that neurological issue stemming from a hit he sustained during a game in Seattle and missed the better part, I believe it was the year following the Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, Derek felt comfortable enough with me to allow me mm-hmm. to share that story, which was the fact that you know he'd really been compromised and that was an injury mm-hmm. that that really uh, affected his career and And really, at one point, he wasn't sure if he'd really be able to play football at that level Mm -hmm. again as a result. Yeah. I got that story because I was able to get up close with Derek and get to know him, and
1: that's what we've lost. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get it back, but I just – I don't know. I'm getting more worried. It's never never coming back. Anyway, time now for What's Trending.
0: What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility. In the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods, book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com.
1: All right, last night it was a good result for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were rooting for the Chiefs, and if you weren't, you should have it, been. It
2: pained you, yes, but it paid off. Yeah, we think.
1: If the Broncos win on Sunday, they actually are in second place in the AFC West by virtue of the tiebreaker with the Chargers, mm-hmm. and that's potentially huge. So let's go through other, the other relevant games this weekend. Raiders Browns was supposed to be tomorrow. Now it's moved to Monday. Right. The result the Broncos want. And this is another one. You're cheering for the Raiders in this one.
2: God, it's got it stings, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But at this point in time, I mean, you you have to do what's best for the ball club, Mace. And if you got to suck it up and root for the silver and black, this is the one time mm-hmm. out of the 365 you got to do it.
1: And it's as simple as this the Browns are seven and six. They hold a tiebreaker on the Broncos mm-hmm. head-to-head because of the October the result when the Browns beat the Broncos. The Raiders, they're 6-7. and seven. Yes, the Broncos lose a tiebreaker to the Raiders if they're tied, but they have it in their hands to take control of that right. on December 26th, presumably. Patriots-Colts tomorrow. You're rooting for the Patriots. Another one that's going to stick in Broncos fans, Craw.
2: You have to tell me why. Why are we, for Pete's sakes, Mace, come on.
1: okay. The Colts are seven and six in their wild card competition.
2: I don't think they have a, out there, they, have a con-
1: yeah, they have a conference record advantage right now in the tiebreaker.
2: We we are so stacked up in kind yeah. of that, that middle third that mm-hmm. I don't think people out there realize who the Broncos are actually competing against for these playoff spots. Right. right? I mean that that's how dense things are at this point. It's time. a
1: horde of teams and it's teams in every other division. And it does include the Raiders, yes, like we mentioned, but mm-hmm. the Raiders are trailing right now. And the Broncos have it in their hands to do something about it. The Colts, the again tiebreaker right now, it would be conference record if those two teams were tied. Right. The Colts are sitting right now at six and three, and they close with Jacksonville, so there's a good chance they get that to seven. The Broncos, by the way, in the conference record, the if they win out, if they win out, they're going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But if they go three and one, their conference record is six and six. So. They go 3 and 1, they go 10 and 7. And the Colts are 10 and 7. If they're head to head in the tiebreaker, the Broncos lose that tiebreaker. Yeah. So, that's why you need the Colts to lose that game tomorrow night to the Patriots. Should be a really good one, by the way. Uh good, you know, you got Mac Jones obviously in the Patriots, but Jonathan Taylor right now playing as well as any offensive player in the NFL for the Colts.
2: Have you been watching the the in-season hard knocks? I
1: haven't. Is it good? Is it uh, worth know, my time?
2: I've actually been really fascinated with it, and I think Frank Reich uh, a he looks like Brandon Stokely's older brother, <laughs> so right there you're yeah. rooting for the guy. Yes, <laughs> but but I think the Colts story is one you can root for. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, we don't want the Colts to to nail that final playoff spot and, and pull that away from a, a Broncos mm-hmm. postseason bid. But this is a team that uh, lost what was it three games in a row or four? Ga- I think it was three games to start the season. Yes, and has been able to to mount uh, you know a, a second half charge. Um, I think it's going to be a fascinating game to see how this thing plays out.
1: And Carson Wentz is a nice redemption story as well. Of course. For the Colts. Other games that matter, Panthers-Bills. This matters because, of course, the Bills are sitting at 7-6. and six. The Bills mm-hmm. skidding right now. They're 5-5 five and five in the conference, 7-6 and six overall. But Buffalo does have a pretty benign run-in to the end of the season here. They have a big game with the Patriots. Next week, right? But they also take on the they take on the Panthers, the Falcons, and then the Jets to close it out here. It'd be nice to get an upset here from Carolina. I don't think that's happening.
2: You don't smell some sort of a trap where you catch the Bills, maybe looking ahead.
1: Uh, no, because because they know they need this one desperately, and look, and I I think the Bills are better than. Than their recent form, they did get blown up by Indianapolis last month, but they can they I could say I would say got robbed last week in Tampa. You know what's fascinating? by the pass interference, no calls and calls.
2: What What's fascinating to me is that the Bills were kind of a vogue pick early on. They have like, underachieved. Hey, this is a team that has what it takes to to you know bring a Lombardi home, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no question they've underachieved. Yep. You know, the question you always have, I at least I do this time of year is, you know, how badly. Do these guys really want this? I mean, this is a team that just has not performed. Mm-hmm. There may have been one or two games where you thought, okay, this this is what we expected, but you When
1: they they beat the Chiefs by 18, but that seems so long oh
2: ago. Oh my Was that this year Mason? Yes. It seems like it was so, 5 years ago.
1: Sunday Night Football was the same day the Broncos lost like to the Steelers.
2: It seems like it happened when when their, their QB was still throwing passes up in Laramie. <laughs>
1: exactly. Another game that that is relevant uh and this is interesting because A few weeks ago, we thought the Miami Dolphins were just done for, right? Dead in the water. Out of the mix, done, dead in the water. Well, they have capitalized off of playing a stretch of games at home, four of the last five, and they're at home this week, so it's five of six. Mm Mm-hmm. They've, beat, they've beaten some bad teams. They've beaten Houston, the Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, and they have the Jets on Sunday, but they also have a win over Baltimore in the midst as well. Mm-hmm. If the Dolphins beat the Jets on Sunday, they'll be 7-7. Seven and seven. So obviously you're rooting for the Jets to kind of keep the Dolphins out of the mix, although Miami, after this Jets game, Aaron, yes. plays the Saints, Titans, Patriots. It gets tougher from here. Right. I- but you still want to make sure that one team is out of the mix and that's why a Jets upset would help.
2: Of course. Although anytime you <laughs> you put any kind of faith or hope <laughs> into the Jets, I mean, yeah. you're
1: asking for trouble. And then another interesting game, Titans at Steelers. Interesting on a lot of levels. Mm. Pittsburgh wildly inconsistent oh, over the course of the year. Right. Titans, not the same team without Derrick Henry. Pittsburgh 6-6-1. Six, six so with that tie... Not in a tie break with the Broncos. Uh right now they trail the Broncos though by a half game. And certainly they had they that that game back in October when the Steelers hung on for a twenty seven nineteen win could loom large. Obviously you want the Titans to win this game if you're the Broncos. Of
2: course you do. That game uh taking place in Pittsburgh. Yeah, which that, we know in December is is not going to be an easy place to play. That's why you can't bet against Steelers in
1: this one, I think.
2: You know, I always look back. I mean, here you talked about that Steelers game, the one that got away. Mm-hmm. What about that Browns game too? You know, where mm-hmm. here we are, uh, we we know it's going to be tight, based yeah. on the logjam that we have for these these wild card spots. How nice would it be if if we could look back and say, "Gosh." The Broncos had taken care of business in one of those two games, which which right. were
1: winnable. They were winnable, and Cleveland, you got the backup quarterback and the third string running back. The whole Best world case learned who, scenario, yeah, and the whole world learned who the name Dearnest Johnson was. <laughs> Dearnest was delightful for the Browns, but it was deflating for the Broncos. By the way, <laughs> I you <laughs> <laughs> I used every one of those <laughs> d apostrophe things in my story on the radio the next day.
2: Did anybody appreciate it?
1: A few people did. And okay, then some people okay. are like, enough, enough already. But when I would write it, I put, inst- because it's D apostrophe earnest. Yeah. I put D apply apostrophe flating. Everything. I did that well in, played, in the Mace. story. Well played. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I'm too cute anyway. So that's what you gotta be looking for this weekend. It's nice to scoreboard watch for I, a change. Absolutely. This is fun.
2: In Like we were talking about, I mean, relevant games in December, yeah. we, we just haven't had any. We haven't. For years.
1: It's fun. It's about, it's about time. Danny, what's on the other siding, just in case you missed
3: it? Our long-lasting local nightmare might finally be over. Uh, fans in the mile high could be rejoicing very soon, as we'll be getting something back that we've all been hoping for for uh, oh, quite my. some time now. It's not Nolan Arenado. It's not Jamal Murray yet. But it is something else that will make people smile. And the MLB and Players Association met for the first time since the lockout began. What does that mean for the league next? Right here on Afternoon Drive with Anderson and Mason on Mile High Sports.
0: with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda, a no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew.
1: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on milehighsports.com. Listen to Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3 FM. If you want to join us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, I am at Denver. Arran Anderson filling in for Eric Goodman. He is at A-R-R-A-N Anderson. That ends with E-N on Twitter. Time now for the final word.
0: The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine. Well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Masterpiece Roofing. Find out how Masterpiece can get your insurance company to pay for your roof. Call 720
3: 242
0: 6404 or go to masterpieceroofing.com today.
3: Just in case you missed it, a big buzz around Twitter today as uh, Kyle Fredrickson of the Denver Post had a new story updating us on the Altitude TV and Comcast dispute. Now, this may just be uh, a way of Nuggets and Avs fans getting their hopes up, but it seems like maybe there's some progress being made here as Altitude TV is preparing a revised contract offer in hopes that the blackout will end. The antitrust lawsuit is headed to a settlement conference conference? Does this seem like it might be finally the real thing as we are in the third season of the blackout and the uh, issues going on between Comcast and Altitude TV? Well,
1: once the courts are involved, that usually is the step to bring it to a conclusion one way or another. So I'm going to be optimistic and say I don't think this is a false dawn here.
2: Well, I think somebody has to be the adult in the room, and, and maybe it's mm-hmm. <laughs> being in a courtroom. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Uh, the has, courts
1: will make somebody be an adult. Has yes.
2: Christmas come early? Perhaps. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, I still have a hard time believing that it lasted this long. Mm-hmm. The two most relevant teams in Denver over the last three years, we haven't been able to watch. Right. I, I just it, it just boggles my mind that we're here still. This should have been resolved. Within weeks, I mean, I've worked for every network there, there is, right? We've all been involved. I was at Channel 9. I was at Channel 7. I know mm-hmm. the Channel 31 here in town. They've all been involved in disputes at one point in time and another with mm-hmm. cable providers. Yep. But typically, cooler heads prevail. And lo and behold, everything is solved. And before you know it, the viewers have access to your product. Why the, the, the Cronkies why the Comcast uh, you know folks mm-hmm. haven't been able to get on this, the same page well, I, I will never understand
1: and literally the worst possible time not only because of the quality of the teams right down to the rapids when it being the best team in the western Conference and Very major true. League soccer in the regular season this uh, this past spring summer and fall but in the middle of a pandemic when for long stretches nobody could go to the home games period yeah and so you couldn't watch in person for a while. You couldn't watch on television. Just a disaster that hopefully is coming to a conclusion.
2: Well, there were years, as you know very well, Mason. Some of those teams were unwatchable. Right. Unfortunately, and now teams, and now they're
1: great products. Right.
2: And then literally, you couldn't watch them. So no, yeah. it was the worst case scenario for Denver fans.
1: Yep.
3: Just in case you missed it, MLB and Players Association met for the first time since the lockout began on December 1st. They didn't discuss any economic issues, but they did discuss things such as scheduling, grievance procedures, drug and domestic violence policies, and special events. Do you see these talks doing any advancement? Is there any change in your expected timeline for this lockout with the MLB?
1: It's better than nothing. At least that means they're communicating. But a lot of a lot of reports in the last 24 hours talking about how the economic issues that the MLB and the Players Association are so far apart on that they're not going to get to those economic issues until January. I don't like that.
2: Here's here's what I don't like. I don't like talking about labor strife when we have postseason football in front of us. When we have the NBA's big day on Christmas Day. Yep. Like really, at this point, does anybody care about baseball?
1: This isn't an issue until Yet. February. Truth. If if pictures and captures don't report on time, then it's an issue. Right. But you know what? As we saw with the NFL back in 2011. If you have an off-season lockout and then you get things done and you don't miss any games, nobody cares. That's right. Yeah, you lose nothing. So there's time to get done. I wish they were getting the economics. They were talking economics now because there's a lot to resolve, but at least they're communicating. That's a good sign.
2: Probably not via Christmas cards, but at least they're talking at some
1: level. That's fine. That was brought to you by our friends over at Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar. It's a full billiard bar over there at Greenfields. But, of course, they've got live music. They've got great food. You can have a a burger. They've got a, a full pizza menu over there as well. And, of course, that's the place where Eric and I are going to be tending bar. When? On the last Friday in February. All there. for all for a, all for a very good cause. So hey, we'd love to have you over there. See if we can uh, uh, keep things running on the on the bar on the bar end of things. Hopefully, Omicron will fade a little bit by then too. Please, and it'll Amen. be a good night out. So we'll tell you more about that in the coming months. For the meantime, that's it for the week. Big Broncos game on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Aaron. Thanks for coming in. appreciate you. My pleasure. In today.
2: Thanks so much for me uh, allowing me to sit
1: in with you. Hey, love chatting with you the last couple of hours. Andrew, Danny, wonderful job behind the glass today, keeping us looking good on the stream and sounding good on the radio. I'll talk to you on Monday. Maybe the Broncos will be in playoff position. There's a scenario of games that could have them in one of the playoff spots by Sunday night. Got to win. They gotta win, and it starts there. Hopefully, we're talking about a Bronco win. We're back here on Monday. That's afternoon drive. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday here on Mile High Sports.